Wagwan, everybody. Welcome to the This Afemi History Podcast, where we'll be speaking about history and as well family history and how history relates in terms of Caribbean people um, for the present as well as in the past and how in the past what that does and brings forth for what we are going through at present and what we can learn from our history from our family and take that moving forward so I do hope you enjoy the podcast and if you like it please ensure to subscribe like and review thank you I just want to thank you both uh Sue and Judy for coming on to the podcast uh, to talk about uh, the Duppy stories. So I'll get you both to introduce yourselves and to let the audience know who you are. So go ahead, Judy. Okay, yes, my name's uh, Judith, Dr. Judith Bruce Balding, and um, I'm in the West Midlands in Birmingham, England, and I'm just, yeah, fascinated with exploring ancestry but also voices and stories and creativity perfect go ahead sue yeah hi everyone greetings my name is sue sue brown i also live in the west midlands in the uk i am also um a writer performance poet um presenter radio presenter tv presenter i am also interested in the unspoken narratives within our culture that seems to be um, underrepresented and um, especially to do with our traditions and culture. So this is a great project to be part of. Um, I am also um, a co-founder of Nakawana, yeah, founded by Judith, Dr. Judith Bruce Golding. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Thank you so much for that. For you both and we'll start off with you know everybody grew up in the Caribbean or the diaspora would have known Duppy. What role does Duppy play in traditions and in the stories? Okay so um, as I said I was I, I am from the UK but both my parents are from the Caribbean from Jamaica and um, we were brought up with um, Duppy stories. They were sometimes a little scary and sometimes I look and I reflect and I think, well, why did, you know, why would our dad, why would my dad tell us these stories and, and scare us? But on the, on the bigger picture, it was part of, um, you know, it's part of the tradition to tell us these stories and to keep those stories going. Um, so we, like I said, we were brought up with Duppy stories. Didn't, I don't think, understand the full meaning of what they were and the significance of what they were. I don't think we understood that, or I didn't you know, till much, much later. But I suppose on the bigger picture, it's it's a way of continuing the um, lineage, the, the storytelling of these traditional oral stories that could get lost within the, the world that we live in. Um, you know, um, these stories originated from various parts of Africa, and in the transporting of the Africans to the Caribbean and the diaspora, some of those stories were held and remembered uh, through the oral tradition. And trying to remember them had to be told. And over time, they would perhaps change or things would be added because of language, because of the environment. And... Um, 
and the experience, these the new experiences we had. Um, and it was the only way to hold on to these memories. And like I said, my parents came to the UK. They came in the 50s, um, which wasn't that long ago. But that was part of the heritage that they brought here to the UK. Um, and you're, we're living in a world where um, we're saying, okay, we're alive, we're here, we are under the umbrella of religion. So you are born, you live a particular way, you die, you go to what they say, hell or to heaven. So with many of the African cultures, the next world or the other worlds, as well as this world, are still connected. And I suppose in some ways, um, I would say the system has tried to disconnect us from that. Um, we'd fill in our heads with distraction and being in a new world. So it puts us in a place that we don't really remember who we are. So Duppy Stories in particular is something that with the project that Judith and I worked on was something that we felt that we had to embrace and, and look at it from a perspective to say there is no fear here because it has been resold to us as fearful and evil and bad and wicked and all those kind of things. And um, through this project, you know, we're showing like we own this. And if we're saying all these things are wicked and bad and evil, what does that say about us? Especially in a way when we're more ready to embrace other cultures, their horror stories, pay money to go to the cinema and watch some some images and sounds that are just like, wow, out of this world. But anything reflecting ourselves, we don't want to address. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more on that um, because it's it's the it's the narrative that anything black is bad and mm -hmm. that is not the case but it's part of that whole narrative of kind of beating us down and so we don't associate to our own heritage to our own heritage history as well and so then what could you say in terms of some of the common characteristics or themes of duppies have in Caribbean culture? I mean, even just drawing on what Sue said, and when we think about many Duppy stories, there's a lot of fear associated with these stories. So, um, scaring someone. And it's not something that if you, if the underlying base of this narrative is about fear, then it's not something that people will voluntarily want to explore because the fear. And so, some of the themes that when we did the Duffy stories, we think about um, the the themes were linked to either a warning or a warning sign or um, just connection mm -hmm. and the importance of connection. So on one side, there's a fear of um, hearing about stories that um, were meant to, to scare people. But on, on, on the other side, it was about, well, you're hearing a story about an ancestor or a doppy or a ghost that allows you, it gives you the opportunity to want to be able to connect with this ancestor or, or not. But what we're seeing is, you know, just expanding it out to what's happening in social or cultural history and a way of 
keeping those stories alive. That as Sue mentioned in the first question, that parents, my parents came to England as well, but imagine these memories that were stored were the connection. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that can be very powerful. So some of those common themes, we sort of saw them as looking at the fear side, mm -hmm. but also the opportunity to connect. And also adding to that, within the, uh, within the Duppy stories, um, what was really, um, let me see, I don't know what word to use, impressive, was that the, those, the participants were elders, many of them were elders, which for us was was beautiful because one in particular, Elaine, Elaine, yeah, it was her it was her idea. She said we we ran a number of projects and we said, oh, what you know, what can we you know look at for the next project? And she says, what about Duppy stories? Now, for many of those elders as well, they're well into their religion, well into the religion. So when she said that, we was like, wow, yeah, because we already know how Duppy stories and religion sit yeah so for them to say yes okay they wanted to be part of this um even though they're they're sitting in the church but duppy stories are real real part and part even though they may have to mask it to a different to a degree yeah yeah no, absolutely absolutely and so you know how do the duppy stories differ from other supernatural or paranormal entities in the, within the caribbean mythology such as jumbies or spirits? Well, I think that um, the Caribbean reflects many, many mythologies and terminologies of spirits and duppies, right? Again, influenced by the environment, by language, by religion, all of these things. All of them inspired by the African practice that we recall and we remember. And also other cultures being part of it. So I would say that they, I'm not sure about the difference. It would be like um, their roles would be the same. Their manifestation may be slightly different and how we see them and what we call them might be different. But the purpose would be basically the same. As Judy says, we're, in, we're, we're connecting with these these spirits for guidance or or protection or warning and so but based on where we are if you're in the Caribbean based on our experience of life and our, our religion we would re perhaps reshape them to fit them into the narrative of where we are yeah, yeah. And, and feeding into that when we sort of I, I had the privilege of working in um, Bermuda and even just seeing how even across the islands or, or, or worldwide there there is there are those connections so in places like it, the name zombie different names and as sue said ghosts but we see that those origins of like african origins of spirit and protection and we can imagine just even the, the journey on those ships where people were dying and just a horrendous situation around the slaves and how calling for protection, calling for spirits, calling for guidance was an important aspect of survival, mm -hmm. um, especially if those family 
the, the, the ancestral ties had been broken or severed during those distressing experiences. And so who would not want to call on great grandmother or the wisdom to, for guidance? How are we going to get through this? So one of the spirits that we looked at was, um, even just Sue and I in research and talking about it was, you know, Moko Jombe, which is a protecting spirit, a protecting spirit in Trinidad and Tobago. So it feeds into how the fear, what narrative is that coming from? Who is saying that these spirits are to hurt or harm? Mm -hmm. Because we now know that they, if we look into our cultural culture, um, there's many strands that would see spirits as protecting ones for guidance, ones for, you know, traveling journeys. We need to be, have some kind of protection. And so we find that very interesting. And, and again, coming back to what you're saying as well, Judith. So if you imagine you have the continent and, and a great amount of souls, human beings are scraped up and put into one, uh, the ship. Now they may not know the language that each of the, each of them speak, but the nuances that they they feel that the 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 language of the West they wouldn't know that, but they would communicate, and each of them would go to what they know, go to what they know, and in the same way, you know, people say, well, they would pray because you would, you 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 know, for them, if you imagine just on a day to day. They're walking through the forest in Africa somewhere and they're calling on certain spirits to help them through the forest, right? They're through the forest. They're not sure what is going on, but they know there may be creatures or poison bush or whatever. So they're asking for that. Now they're in something in a situation that isn't necessarily the forest, but there is a sense of fear and danger, but on a greater, greater level because it's not part of the psyche. Being in the hold of a ship you might as well say being the whole of I, I don't even know some madness but then you would call upon something that you are know what has supported you and your family and your peoples forever and then once you leave that now and we arrive at wherever we arrive and you've seen all these different people and you recognize that there are some who you know are coming from the continent and there are some that are, are aliens as in white and maybe others. So we are communicating with each other. We do it today. We get on the bus, so we go somewhere and we see another black person and basically we're like, yeah, because we know. Mm -hmm. So then we're trying to, we, we don't have the language maybe to communicate with each other, but now we're in a, in a, in a position where we'll be calling, call upon our ancestral spirits and we may recognize how someone is calling upon them and say, oh, yeah, they're calling on that. Mm, we call that that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and there was a story, you know what I'm saying? So we're, we're trying to hold on to these connections, ancestral connections. And, and why would we not want to do that if, you know, we, you know, thinking that you have that, say there might have been that physical space where you are protected in Africa and then you're moved into this insecure space. But you have nothing but you own that's all you have yeah. your yeah. memories the things that kept you safe and you will keep that mm -hmm. as something that that that's all you have 
you haven't got the physical around you, but there is other things happening. That you and, can... and yeah, and then we will recognize in that new space. We will, there are certain things in nature we will recognize. We will recognize the river. We will recognize the sky. We will recognize the, the trees, the plants, the death. So there's some sense of reference. Mm. And if you're used to calling on the spirit of the, of, the, of the forest, we will think, well, there's this forest over there, a woodland over there. Maybe the spirit that we normally call upon will be there. Spirit of the water, the fire, whatever it is. And because of um the connection with nature as well we will probably feel it in a particular way so we don't know christianity or any other religion yet we, we, we're not indoctrinated on any of those yet so we're still connected but then those who are in control are seeing that we have a spirit about us that is not broken and so it's about trying to break that spirit in the physical sense, as in your emotions and everything, but that spiritual guidance to whip that out of us and put in place something else. Yeah, I couldn't agree you know, more. And I know, Judith, you talked to this, but is there any other like traditional beliefs or practices associated with the protecting oneself from deputies or interacting with them? Yeah, I would say that when we when we did um, the Duffy Stories project, it was great because we see that everyone had their own interpretation and experience of Duffy's or spirit. And I also, when I think I, I enjoy the position, but I also work for Cruz, which is working with those who are bereaved. And, you know, it, it's one of those where you think you're not in a position to say, no, you didn't see that. Because sometimes there are many records that people do say that I saw I saw this person who died sitting at the dinner, dinner table and they try to communicate. Or say, most Sometimes they might say, go away because it's fear. You're not supposed yeah. to be here. Get out, get out. And that's I've experienced that. But I also see that even with that, there's that, you have to step back and see that this is that person's experience. So mm -hmm. when we think about celebrating and remembering the ancestors and the spirits, it's traditional, but we also see that in sort of, you know, the, de the Mexican Day of the Dead, mm -hmm. where that throughout the cultures, there is this space of a connection, whether people want to acknowledge it or not, that's then the question. But if we know that these sort of stories are being documented, people writing down or people communicating, having photographs and sharing, this is what uncle did. This is what great, great grandma did. Um, it, it's, it's there. Their lives are there as for, for sometimes a reason to learn from and to continue that communication. So on some aspects, it could also be looked at for, uh, positive and negative outcomes you know how people would perceive that they would use um beliefs and practices about doppies we want this doppie to do this and sometimes it might be received as oh no this has happened it must be doppie or something negative so it depends on the context it depends on what people believe as well um and we th we thought about even in in the uh, discussions 
people wrote about using uh, the use of fire, the use of water, as soon draw drew on the natural aspects of the, the nature, nature and the world. That wherever you go in, in this world, there will always be nature. There will be the sea, the sun, the, the the core aspects of nature. We talked about using salt, using rice grains, wood and stone, the use of plants and fruits, and all of these different things, including med meditation as well as a way of connecting um, Psalms, the Bible, religious, uh, you know, spiritual writings, drumming, chanting. There's so many ways of communicating. So when we think about us as a nation, as a people, we like to, we, we use body, we use movement, we use voice, we use sense. It's like a multi-sensory multi experience sometimes when you think about what we connect to. Sometimes it's a vibration. It's, it's animals. It's, it's very grounded in, in how we can communicate with spiritual doki or sensing things around us. Yeah. And, and, and adding to that, if you imagine now we have this connection with nature, all those things that you're saying there, um, and even bringing in the religion, because we're using the Psalms now and the Bible or references to, to um, the spirit. On the flip side of that, the religion and the law will tell you that what you are doing naturally is wrong and it has to stop. So now you have something in place and this is, uh, and this is the only way, this is the truth and this is the only way and it's your religion. So then all the things, all the connections that you have naturally, that has to stop. And when we're put in a position of um, living fear, you know that if you even say, uh, let's say, even if you said the word doppi, not only are those who are in control around you are going to um, punish you, those, your own people are in fear now because... The fear isn't necessary of the word doppi. The fear is what the consequences of you. Yeah. So those consequences could be that you will be beaten. You'll be put in a hole somewhere. Your children could be taken from you. Uh, it could be anything. So then the fear moves now to a different level because it's, it's in the physical presence. You imagine you have your baby, your child or whatever, and you know that these people can come and take that child away from you and, and, and be sold. And then, you are caught just saying the word duppy and they can come and take your child away. So now you're living in a constant fear. And then on a Sunday, you were told, come to the master's house at the front day. Everybody gather. We're going to pray. And you're like, yeah, okay. Put our hands together, close our eyes and do the thing. Yeah. But then there are those who are saying, with ref learning the language as well. There are certain things that are said that say, well, that does make it makes sense, you know, that, yeah, we need to look good and behave ourselves and things like that. These are things that we know. We already know these things, but it's just repackaged and presented in a different way. But the way we used to interact with nature has changed. It's changed. But then in saying that on that plantation or wherever we were, you can't disconnect 100%. Because it's still within you. 
you know, we have our hair and they cut off our hair for whatever reason. It will grow back to as it should do. They'll cut it off. It will grow back to, and you know, it may get a little weaker, but it will grow back. So then we now maybe in the kitchen, we're in the kitchen and we see salt. Oh, we know how we can use salt. So we might hold back a little bit to do in our little hut or wherever we are to do little reference, little rituals. Somebody might start, as Judith was saying, chanting. We can't really drum because everybody will hear that, but we, we can hum. Yeah, we can hum. We can beat our chest. We know what we're saying. So we're holding on to what we can. And then if we, if, if we like, if, like the three of us, we are in one space and our, if we were born in, in the Caribbean, or if we were born in the Caribbean, our parents, we knew they came from Africa, but we may have three parents from different parts in Africa, but we may have a story that's similar. And so we would, and, and we're trying to remember, just like, you know, in a conversation, we're like, yes, my mama, she told me that this is what we do. Healing. Oh, natural. He said, again, we're in a new space, but we can recognize that there are certain plants. And certain things we can use to heal. And then we have to keep that quiet. Because not only the masters or those in control, if they're watching, if they know, we know the consequences. But also, within our own group, the fear of those who may know that we're doing that. So we keep things quiet. So things get further and further and further pushed down. And then in the distortion of that, the term doppies or ghost and spirit then transform into something else because of the consequences more than what it is itself I think. And and to think that there is still the obvious law in oh. Jamaica. There is a law against a law against obvious legislative yeah. law. And it's still, still active. There. Still yeah. active. What what would we say is that about if if it's just as some people might say, it's just heebie-jeebie talk. It's just nothing. You have to put a law behind something. That's real, is it not? That shows you how they took it seriously. Just in the same way, they removed the drum from many of the islands. You weren't allowed to play the drum. Now, on a one level, it would be like, wow, some rhythms going on and some music and da-da-da-da. But they know the power of the drum when it connects, those vibration connects. They know the frequency that you need to be in. And then, and then the dance rituals that we will have. So it's not just about dancing. There is, there is movement that creates the vibration, a certain frequency, and they're aware of that. So again, the linking that with um, anything outside of the religion is wrong. However, the religion itself has taken some of those aspects and put it as part of. They go into certain church and they burn incense and they burn this and they chant and they use certain rocks and stones. Yeah, so they're there. They are aware of them. What they need to do is to to separate us and 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 present it in a different way. I think with voodoo, voodoo and the Catholic religion, and I'm not 100% sure on this, but there is a strong connection. So many of them who say, yes, on Sunday I go to church, I'm a Catholic. But then there are many who 
who communicate with the dead outside the church, although they will take aspects of the church and the religion with voodoo. No, definitely. And those are, I think, more of the Catholic, um, more with the Spanish and Portuguese, that those islands that were colonized by them were more prevalent there. And, you know, I agree with, you know, both what you said in terms of it's that disconnection and to make it that these Duffy stories are not part of our own heritage, which they are. And, and I know you talked a little bit about in terms of the different types of Duffy stories that would be for the different Caribbean um, islands. I don't know if you have another, because you showed, you mentioned about the one example about Trinidad. Is there another island that has a, a different um, popular Duffy story as well? Um, is it Papa? I can't pronounce the surname. Yeah, Papa, Papa Bois. That's Papa it. Bois. Yeah. From, um, is it from Tobago? Is it yeah, St. Yeah, Lucia and Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. So he lived in the, um, the forest and he's the father of protection of the animals there. So it is said that hunters would be in the forest and they would see him. Yeah, and he's there to protect the animals. And again, some part in Africa, they would have the representation of that. Again, you're now in a new space. The forest is there. There are animals. And we know that animals and human beings can be in contention sometimes. Mm -hmm. Human beings lose the plot sometimes. So he's there. And they take that seriously, you know? Um, Judy, do you remember uh, his wife? Yeah, well, we were talking like the research is shown as well, or the mythology of it is that Papa Papa Bois is Mama de Lou, Mummy Waters, husband mm -hmm. or other half or partner. And we can see already when we're thinking about water, the forest, nature, just that those protective factors, Mummy Water looked after was the, the water you know you think about those this the slaves the souls in in those seas and then we have mummy water and then we look at papa bois father of the forest mm -hmm. and it's an interesting one with barbados you know the the, the duffy known as duffy yeah i'm sure that there was a ghost story called duffy mm -hmm. or there's some kind of on on television a while ago duffy i think it's duffy yeah. But that's Barbados. Mm -hmm. We also um looked at um there's there's a spirit called La I said La Diablis. So mm -hmm. in Spanish Espanol, La Diablo is the devil, but it's this woman, Caribbean folks also talks about this woman, an uh, enslaved African uh, woman who made a deal with the devil and apparently the way that she would portray herself was kind of looked kind of beautiful, looked very posed in the in her dress. But beyond that, there was a woman who had a, a hat, who was a hideous face. So it's almost she was known as a demi demon. Mm. Um and spells were cast as well. Um and so we also that sort of linked in with an, another female who um was also Similar in that the, the, the name is a Sukoyant, like a French 
word, but uh, linked to someone who would shapeshift, move around, blood-sucking hag was linked to uh, that woman, but also just to see how the power, by day she was an old woman, by night she was doing all these demonic things, but that I'll leave Sue to talk about just the representation of, of women as well, when we hear these uh, folklore or Caribbean stories mm. and how women were represented. And yeah, because again, now we're in a new space. Now, I could not, I am not, you know, I, this is not my field or anything, but in Africa, of course, you have the duppies and you have the spirits and you have the ancestors, and they all play a role. I don't know the stories of the, um, the female entities that are now devilish and doing all these wicked things. I, I, I'm, I don't know. But what I do know from the diaspora and from the West, and the the mentality about the female within their own culture, it is easier to demonize the female. So you have Eve of the Bible, you know, she my gosh, she 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 crossed the line. Before her, you had Lilith. Oh my gosh, you know, she she stood up for herself and she said, This thing is working for me. Then she's now demonized and she becomes this um is it Medusa again? She was a beautiful woman, blah, blah, blah. And then next minute. So what I found with some of the stories we're here, because of the environment that we're in, because of the new stories and the, and the religion and all those things, they are woven into the stories. And they represent where they are at that time. So these stories are now coming out of the islands, merging with other stories. Because there's a similarity. But if you're sitting and you're listening to these stories of these wicked women, you know, in history or local women, they kind of get woven into um, the story. Um, again, for me, it documents the period that time. So when we start to now sit like Judith with us, with the duppy stories now, we can sit and say, OK, we can reflect now and say, OK, this was the origin of this particular. And this is where we are now. And I suppose in this time, if we, where we are living now, I'm sure if there are certain things going on and you could have a hundred men doing some horrendous thing, you have one woman, they already write it up the story of how she, she's evil and she sold her heart to the devil and she's, she's a temptress, you know, so those also get woven into the, um, the stories, you know, um, for the time. And so going on that theme, like, you know, how have these Duffy stories influenced Caribbean literature, art and music and other forms of cultural expression? I think we're fortunate that um, I think back in the day, maybe 40, 50 years ago, you'd have somebody like Miss Lou and mm -hmm. one and two other writers who would, you know, tell their Duffy stories and locally. But to be in a theatre space or to go on radio, that would be very different we have moved from that partly as well because of the influence of media and hollywood because they constantly churning out all these horror stories and we've kind of acclimatized to it so we feel like well if they're telling their story we can tell our own story so we can go on the stage and we can write these stories and doppy stories so now they're not just within the home we can share them you know, um, 
and, you know, at different events. Um, but also, they influence today funerals. Because I hear in, in, in the UK, in the past five years, I would say, more and more people are at their funeral, at the cemetery, are drumming. We have African drummers and we have drummers. And we have rituals where people are doing libation. In fact, when we did our Duffy story, we opened up every session with a libation. Yeah, we did our libation. So, um, and now people are using white rum at uh, the gravesides. Yeah, one time people would, what? In Britain as well. Not at all. So now people are doing that. Um, when, when I was younger, we would use, um, when we moved to a new house, we'd have to put salt all over the, every room and sweep everything out, sweep everything out. And so that now is open enough that we can talk about it within the art forms, within the music. Even in reggae, they, you know, they talk about doppies and doppie congress and did that because it, we can vocalize those things. Naming ceremonies and christenings. They're bringing in these things that you should do, these rituals. So it's not just about um, the, the names of certain rituals that were people would look and say, these are to do with doppies and ghosts. Now they're, they're, they're kind of bringing in. Yeah. yeah I, so to, I guess it's just it's part now of the cultural identity of the Caribbean is what you're seeing. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. More so than it used to be. Yes. Yeah, I think it probably was there, but not so outwardly. And now that it's on in the theatre spaces, and people are writing plays and maybe one and two television programs and, and on YouTube and things like this. It gives people like, yeah, I know that. And then people are more likely to share these stories and bring them in. And, and our parents and grandparents will say, yeah, when I was a child, when um, I think when my um. My dad, my dad used to tell us that when, when certain people had died and they'd have the, the, the body in the house the night before and then the children would be passed over the coffin mm. so that the spirit would not harm them. There are stories I've heard where the grandfather had died and the, child, the, the children were put into the bed with the, the, the deceased till the morning, you know? Uh, I mean... I mean it makes me think, especially coming from, say, a mental health background, it just brings into question how uh, GPs and mental health, Western trained mental health uh, practitioners might view some of these behaviours because they would most likely be seen as this is very concerning. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is something that's crossed the line. We don't understand that it just came to mind as, as Sue was sharing these things, um, how it could be perceived from the Western eye as well. Yes, for sure. Yeah, you know, and, 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 it's, and the word taboo, you know, people may do it, but we don't know. Obviously, things are very different because most of the time we don't hold the body in the house anyway. You know, they usually, if it does, if it comes in the morning before the funeral or something, but we don't tend to you know have the the body in the house so it, we, we don't do that but if it were possible or in the caribbean they may do that still uh, you know some people may still do those things and other rituals 
and and those who know know so i've been to a couple of funerals in jamaica and there are certain things i've seen and i'm like oh really okay and then there are other things that just gen it's a general funeral but um, if you didn't notice it yeah but people do little things that yeah okay and so it's it, it's coming out and like i said within the arts and the culture and there is um what do they call it um um oh there are certain rituals what do they call it now um heritage um uh, um heritage that you you i think funeral jamaican funerals are now become um national heritage you know where they they okay. they what do you call it judith where oh. they keep um there's a term for it there's lots of things all over the world yes heritage and they're kept to say almost to say keep an eye on them to make sure they don't fade away there's a term for it i can't recall what it is yeah and i think jamaican funerals may be one of them as well yeah and maybe reggae as well yeah so it's holding on to these things yeah so that they don't get forgotten world heritage things. yeah world heritage yeah okay. if you look into it yeah and i think so every year you know they have all these different things around the world that they look at and say okay um and obviously the research is all done to say okay these things are changing or disappearing and i think jamaican funerals are one of them because they have changed so if you think at funerals 50 years ago to funerals in jamaica or the the, the diaspora how much they have changed and where are they going to yeah yeah so that just leads into, I guess, with the rituals and the festivals that celebrate or acknowledge the Duffy stories in the Caribbean and the diaspora. Is there anything else that you wanted to acknowledge in terms of what this reflects in terms of the cultural significance of the Duffy stories? Yeah, like the uh, like I said, we you know we previously funerals, you know we look at nine nights, you know, and the nine nights, and that's about communicating. They're on their journey. Mm -hmm. you know into the next world and the ancestors are around and here is a time to have that meeting you know before the funeral which is significant and i don't know today how much of the 990 is still going on you know still going on but it's slightly different it's yes. it's yeah yeah they, it's, but they all recognize that the 990 has to be done yeah yes yes because it's part of the the journey you know we're celebrating a life and they're going to the ancestors they're on their way and it's that meeting point where we can all gather and say yeah because as well nine nine night nine nights um numbers and dates are very important significant to us as well as part of rituals definitely yeah. And you know, so with your group, what are the you know the further the call to actions or the further putting out the Duffy st stories in the diaspora? What else are you guys doing um, to further uh, push out um, Duffy stories? I think you know, as well as our own research, exploring our own ancestry, which has been great, um, and we discuss regularly what we were finding out. Um, from the Duffy stories, um, one of our colleagues did, one of the storytellers um, did a um, Windrush celebration, which is looking at celebrating the ancestors who came over and just their journey. She, um, Pauline 
um, she had somebody who was on the Windrush um, ship and he came and, and recounted his story from it as a young child coming over here from, I think, on the eight, aged eight. Um, and as part of that session, Jesse, he also presented his written piece. So I think what it's done, it's enabled people who have listened or been part of the project to start writing and connecting with those memories, what they remember of grandmother, grandfather, what the smells growing up. So I think people have gone on to their own journey. And um, we also, at the Duffy Stories team, we also did a Kwanzaa event mm -hmm. uh, where um, some of those stories were uh, shortened into sort of five, ten minute stories and, and revisited. Um, so I think it's been a great call to action um, and we encourage anyone to connect with their ancestry in whatever form it looks like. And we had a wonderful speaker um, who talked about ancestry and Remembrance Day, Remembrance Sunday. Um, and he just put things into perspective. You know, we, we take time to remember, have Remembrance Day, but how much do we do it within our own culture? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think also adding to everything that Judith is saying, um, you know, the, the, the follow-up from the actual Duffy stories and all the events that, um, have, you know, we have taken part in and, and those who took part are now going on and, and opening up in a different arena. Um, I think why, what has helped to enable that, that is how we presented Duffy stories. I think there was, because we ran it online, of course, and, and we had our guest speakers, we had our storytellers, but we had an audience. And some, and you couldn't see their faces or anything like this, but for some, it was it enabled them to say, okay, I am interested, but this is a place where they felt safe. Yeah. Because again, coming back to the whole thing is fear. Mm -hmm. And people know Judith and respect her. People know myself and respect. So it's like, whoa, they, 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 they're telling these dopey stories. So... And whatever fears or whatever they may, and anxieties or whatever, the misconception, whatever, they still decided to come and, and listen. Yeah. And it gave them that opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully within their own self, they have spoken with us and the, the writers, etc. But thinking, yeah, I remember when I was young or when I was in Jamaica, this, that, that and the other. Mm -hmm. And so it's about embracing what we have and remembering how everything that to Everything about us has been sprinkled with this fear. Doesn't matter what it is. Of course, there are dangers and, and things with, and, and negative things within all realms, but we need to keep it into perspective, you know? And I think the, the Duppy stories has allowed many to say, yeah, I know Duppy stories. And some people came with some stories like, really? What? Yeah. Yeah. But it was great just to add on to Sue, we had uh, Dr. Onyeka Nubia yeah. and he was, um, he did some fascinating talks about ancestry and just the, the rites of passage. So even before birth, we're thinking about it, this is ancestry before pre-birth mm -hmm. the actual living and the walking and breathing to, to, to after 
you know, afterlife. But the way that he broke it down and, and just being able to locate generations of our ancestors during that time was fascinating. We also, as part of the safe space, had uh, a counsellor called Tanya Wallace. She had a background and history of, of tr you know, our trauma, you know, black trauma, and also the things that we might have, the fears in, in actually going there and talking about these things, because we did have people sort of jump back, like, Doc is sorry, nothing to do, I can't be involved in that, like, we were doing something wrong, and, and it was quite sad to see that, in fact, this is your ancestry. We could change the word Doki to spirit. We could change the word or sanitize it. You know, even that, even language, we explored that. Mm -hmm. But hearing a word could emote such a response of someone saying, boy, I'm not going to, I'm never I'm not coming to that. That's just hearing one word, and that's the power of language. Yeah. which we found quite sad that it was an opportunity for us to connect and talk openly about what things that are going on in our lives and things that we've been brought up with. Mm -hmm. we, we need to lift that, that those barriers to conversation. And though lifting those barriers, it has to be in a safe space, which is what we did our best to provide a safe space. Because even though there may have been some who, yeah, yeah, doppy stories, we know about that, da, 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 they may come and it may trigger something within them that they had forgotten about or, or whatever. But, you know, like Judith said, we had counsellors there. We had people as part of this, the collective, to support each other in a cultural way, in a language that we 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 knew, we know, yeah, and to say that we are here. So even if they had to leave or if they say, okay, come back to us afterwards, or it, it, things were put in place because we know how that fear has um, traumatized us. And it's funny, one of the things too as well is that one of the ladies who shared and said, this is the anniversary of my great, my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And I felt it was almost like she said, you, you come to this event. Yeah. And she shared about her, you know, her, her relative. And it's things like that. You think, wow, how special. We were introduced to this amazing woman who had an impact on this woman in, who was living. So why not share those stories to, to empower and encourage us in this safe space? And again, adding to that, there were others who would say they felt that their relatives or their loved ones were in their lives all the time they felt that um they could yes ma majority of the people there were christians but they and of course they're going to pray to god but they would say but i'd call upon my mom and say mom xyz dad or grandma whatever so that was their reality that was their reality and so they were saying yes i'm connecting with the ancestors or my ancestor or my mother or the spirit or the doppy but they were in a space that they could say that, you know. That's great that your group was able to provide that type of a platform and a safe platform for them to be able to express. Because as you said, there is a lot of notions with Duffy's stories and it does come with a lot of, um, I guess you can say a bit negativity with it as well and mm -hmm. the backstory with that. So, you know, as we come to a close here, mm -hmm. you know, would there, you know, are there any other misconceptions or misunderstandings that you would like to address about Duffy stories that you'd like to clarify? 
Well, as you know, we have said that we are not, um, what's the word, um, experts on this. We're all on this journey. Um, you know, and people are going to view it and experience it from where they're coming from. Um, you know, we're about exploring our ancestry and, and which including our own as well. Mm -hmm. Um, the misconceptions are, that um, fear has to be part of everything that we are, and it is wrong. It is wrong. I think that that's one of the things that we need to look at. It's on a massive scale, this is. But everything starts with self. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to change or rectify everything, it has to start with self. Yeah. And, and we, or to, just to build on that, to say that um, you know, every person's experience is their personal experience. And instead of using good and evil, which is loaded, these words are loaded, which can result in fear, we can look at harmful and, or, or we could look at helpful or unhelpful experiences. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because it's sometimes it's the way it's packaged because I remember watching a, it was about building. People, somebody, a family, it was a white family who were rebuilding their home. And the man said to his, the presenter, he said, I, I feel like my father is with me and telling me I need to do this. And the presenter said, yes. And it, it, and it was like a normal, and I thought, mm. it's ancestry. And it's on television. Like it's a normal thing. Why is it when we look in within our own community, why can we not express it? I, I hear my father's voice or I hear my mother's voice mm -hmm. guiding me or my grandmother. It's almost seen as something that we're not able to explore because of other barriers that need to be broken down. And I thought to myself, if I'm hearing this with my own ears, mm -hmm. that this is, this is a normal experience for some people to say, I connect. My father would have loved this. My father said, go for it. It made me think, reflect on our community and how it's seen as the word evil or be careful, don't go there, mash up your head, you know, all these different terms that are used. So I would just think, you know, allow yourself to be open and, and question why you might fear just the word duppy and if a change of word would change things. Why? Why would that be? Ducky, the word ducky originates from Africa as well. So let's let's start embracing and exploring. Yes. No, thank you. Create thank a you safe space. Yeah. Create a safe space to do these. Yeah. Whatever we do. Yeah. Absolutely. Just like this. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is, you know, really a really good conversation to be had and I'm grateful for this time that you guys were able to be able to provide. And so to be able to talk about, you know, Duffy stories in, in this type of a manner, which is great, because, it, again, I think I said it to you before we even started recording, it is part of our heritage. It's in innate with us. So, again, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and write a review for the episode wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you.